Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's going to let me live to pack it until all around the world it's been circulated. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. As Brother Tim mentioned last time, unfortunately, I wasn't feeling well and I was down with COVID indeed. I'm back on my two feet, feeling great. Thank you for your prayers and certainly I'd like to thank the Lord for helping me recover fast. Now we're back here for the second and last part of the podcast on end time missions principles with Brother Ed Hammermeister. I trust the part one was a blessing to you as Brother Ed took us back to the genesis of his involvement with missions with Brother Held Hildebrandt, and today will be a continuation of that, and I trust that you enjoy it. God bless you. Thank you, Brother John. Welcome back, everyone. We're glad to have Brother John back with us, and we trust that you enjoyed part one of the interview with Brother Ed Hammermeister. In part one, we dealt a lot with the historical aspect of things that have happened uh, in the church in Edmonton with regards to missions. And today we're going to continue that interview. So let's just jump right in with a question for Brother Ed Hammermeister. Let me ask you a question. Did you did you ever sit down with Brother Hildebrandt and just discuss maybe his guiding thoughts or his guiding principles behind missions or what his burden was? Not necessarily burden, but, you know, the things that he thought about in a almost a guiding way as he worked on the mission field. You know, Brother Tim, you remember, Brother Harold, you you and I, I think we, we live in Western Canada, and, you know, you and Grand Prairie were between two churches. One was Cloverdale and one was Edmonton. And I count that and, a great privilege, you know, to have grown up there. I call it yeah. between two giants. <laughs> well, I felt the same. I, I felt like I was influenced, you know, locally by Brother Harold, but but also by by Cloverdale, by by Brother Biscoll at that time, and 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 I I really would say it, it was a privilege, and I I didn't really recognize it as a, as much at the moment, but now looking back. I shared with you, Brother Harold's just his simple adherence to a call to go out, mm-hmm. but then how God equipped him, and and you know you you really need to go to the various types of ministries. You know the 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 prophet, the evangelist, the the teacher, the pastor, but but the one the apostolic calling, and I would say I witnessed that in Brother Harold. Mm. He had an ability to go and not just evangelize to a local church, but to leave principles as he ministered and and bring them in a service, bring keynote phrases, bring keynote um, descriptions that were impacting and lasting far beyond the visit. Right. So... It, it actually affected me where I can see now, even as I travel, I'm, I'm not just looking to 
to drop in, a, you know, a, a service just that way. But you want to leave something that will help stabilize. And and this was what Brother Harold would talk about. You referred to as, you know, finding the bride, but clothing the bride. Mm-hmm. And and in his, he never promoted his own tapes. He never promoted. Right. Um, his own books or, or things. He he always promoted the message, and 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 that was there in the services that he he whether he recognized it fully or God had just empowered him, but he would leave such strong, resolute statements that that would literally be things that brethren, local brethren, would hang on to and people would hang on to. And uh, I I recognize it's not just um, an evangelistic service. Mm -hmm. It was was on another level beyond that. Right. You know, I I remember those principles, especially that one that you just mentioned, and I kind of hadn't really thought about it, but now you brought it back to my mind. Brother Harold was resolute that the people didn't need his messages. They needed the message of the hour. Right. And uh, right. I remember that very distinctly. There was, there was a lot of things that, uh, you know, Brother Branham uh, told a young man one time, go sit under that old oak tree, which was referred to as Brother Bosworth, which right. was a pillar. I, I didn't recognize uh, some of the, the things I was gleaning, but, you know, you, you move cultural boundaries you move into things that we take for granted in north america but now you've got to apply them into places and there was situations you know with the uh, as simple things as um a hair length of hair and mm-hmm. and and brother harold would 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 answer questions you know the some of the sisters if they grow their hair really long it breaks off and 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 he would have to tell the brethren, listen, allow them to grow it in a way that they can fulfill the scripture, but but not defeat it. And and he would deal with thorny issues like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, coming into countries where there was um, polygamy, and so now somebody comes into the church, and how do you deal with that? Right. I mean, I I can't get into all the the answers to everything that happened and all the situations, but. It took a great deal of wisdom mm-hmm. and experience to be able to take the principles of the message and apply them or guide the brethren into here's how to fulfill, here's how to do that. And and I really, I, I, I look back at it now and I didn't realize all of those issues that he was dealing with, but it sure. was, it, it was very stabilizing, I believe, for the local brethren and cultures to have a brother come in with that anointing, that apostolic anointing, and to give them a grace to move on to what were sometimes difficult situations. I'll add one more thing in there, and that's to navigate the fanaticism as there inevitably is. You know, we talk about the fanaticism of Luther's day. There is fanaticism that follows around this message. And, you know, when people take different things in Brother Brown's ministry and try to make something of themselves. I'm going to tell a funny anecdote here of Brother Harold. 
And uh, I don't remember who shared it with me, but I asked Brother Harold about it, and he told me it was true. And he was in a country, and I don't remember the country, but there was a certain brother that uh, was trying to gain some um, visibility or prestige or or status amongst ministers. You know, he's trying to gain respect. It reminded me a lot of the man that in St. Martin's Day that Brother Brown tells the story about. But anyway, this man had a lot of pictures in a photo album. And in the photo album, these pictures of himself and with some kind of a light that would be around, you know. I think he purported it to be the pillar of fire or something. And so Brother Harold was warned about this man and had to, you know, and was kind of probably thinking about uh, how he would handle it. And Brother Harold had always a, um, how can I say, he had a good sense of humor about things sometimes. And so finally, the last day he was in this country, this man kind of cornered him and said, I want to show you some pictures and uh, I want to get your comments on them. And so he gave Brother Harold the, the photo album, little photo album he had, and he, Brother Harold was flipping through and all these pictures of this preacher with this light and different angles and different things in different locations. And and uh, he says, so finally he closed the photo album, gave it back to the man and said, you know, I noticed something in all of these pictures. And the man was, you know, he was excited because Brother Harold was going to acknowledge something. And he says, yes, what is it you notice? He says, I notice you're quite fat. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I thought that was brilliant. That was just brilliant. How, how to disarm somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was trying to make something super spiritual out of it, and he just had to way up, bring it back down to earth, folks. And uh, sometimes you confront these kind of things on the mission field with people. And uh, so I always appreciated that about Brother Harold. He had a way of dealing with things that was was very, very good. You know, I, I like that, Brother Tim. You know, it, it, it does take uh, a sense of... Uh, Oh, re, let's just say bringing things to reality, you know, and, and brother yeah. Harold had such a good way of, 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 you know, taking and simplifying a, a situation and saying a few key words that just, just would, 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 uh, just bring closure or, or bring stability. And I, I appreciated that. Yeah. I, I really did. Amen. He, and he would keep you on your toes. I mean, some of yeah. us young preachers in those days, you know, we get a little lifted up in our sermons and, you know, he'd just tell us, you know, well, flattery's like chewing gum, you know, it's okay to chew on it, but don't swallow it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so no, those were, those are pioneer times in the message. And uh, um, I learned a lot also from Brother Harold and just watching and observing him. And, uh, but now... We have to move forward and, and continue on the work. What, what is happening in End Time Message Tabernacle now with missions? And what are you working on? You, uh, let me start by saying, I think you're still involved in Western Uganda in the Runyakatara language. And uh, yeah, yeah that, that's correct. Uh, this last uh, Easter, we were there for meetings uh, hosted by Brother James Navandabandi. There was about 120 ministers that were there. Um, and we met with brethren that uh, are, are involved in translation. We met with brethren that are also involved in um, um, 
almost like translating the literal voice on, onto like a, a taped podcast, which can be used on a radio or in other places. Not everybody can read. Um, mm-hmm. But we are active in, in Western Uganda um, with that language. We've, um, over the last number of years, had printed both the, um, the church age book, the, the seals, and we continue to, to do a number of messages at quarterly, about five messages quarterly okay. that are continuing to be translated. And, uh, so, so Western Uganda is, is, is definitely, um, a part of what we're doing. Um, we, we do connect as well in Eastern Uganda, um, was there in 2019 with, mm-hmm. with brother Stephen Abali, also with some of the other brothers, um, brother Fred, and then some of the other local brothers that, that were in different places. So Uganda actually I'd, I'd never been to, and, and it still remains very much on the forefront of um, our uh, burden and our labors as it is with you, brother Tim. Um, I think more we recently, are, we are more involved in, in the awakening that's happening, the new believers that are coming in, whereas end time messages had a, decades of involvement with many of the established ministers all around the country of Uganda. And I think that's my, and, and, and it kind of works hand in glove with us. And, and, uh, you know, we appreciate what you folks are doing there and how the Lord's leading you in that country. We, we, we also on, on that recent trip, we went back into the country of Malawi Mm -hmm. and, uh, we, we do have some burdens for Malawi and, uh, the believers and, um, so we're, we're, we're not only going in to minister, but working together in uh, getting books into the, across the country um, of Malawi. Some of that is working through Vision Books and mm-hmm. through uh, Brother Barry Coffey and the brethren that are there, um, but also supplementing it with ministerial labor and mm-hmm. and. Uh, the country, you know, any country that God works in, unfortunately, the enemy can come and work in too. And, but the brethren, really, I see God moving and there is a burden and we're, we're active, actively connecting with brethren there. Amen. The other um, place, Brother Tim, which, which you uh, are working with at Cloverdale there is in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Give us your comments on Ethiopia because sometimes it's hard for us to express. It's such a new work and and yeah. something that we were involved in the beginnings of it. But you've been there now once or twice? And, uh, three times. Three times. Um, the first time I went there, there was no formal church. There was mm-hmm. just a couple of believers, including uh, a sister, who invited me to meet several ministers, which I did at that time. Uh, I went back three years later, and, and there was an, an established church in a basement. That was Brother Mogus, and we ministered at, at that time for about 40 believers. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so it was a big change in, in that three-year time frame. And then now more recently, I passed through. I didn't stop, uh, but Brother Andrew, uh, your son, mm-hmm. who ministers in our church as a associate, traveled with you into um, Ethiopia. Um, and now there's churches, the, you know, that little work of, of 40, I believe is now over a hundred. There's believers moving through the country. Mm-hmm. It actually, if I go back, brother Tim, to 
my early days with Brother Harold in the country of Malawi, it reminds me very much of that. Um, Brother Harold and Brother Don Balbitz came into Malawi on a, uh, a four-day weekend, ministered 10 services, and out of that grew a work that I, I, I believe is the principle God would want to see it on, where a church is established, a minister goes out, he establishes another church. There's, And it grew to such a place where, you know, I, I, I may be wrong on the numbers, but it certainly was... Uh, I think close to 40 or 50,000 believers in, uh, you know, a, a 10 to 15 year period. Mm. And, Wonderful. But seeing that in its infancy is what I'm actually reminded of in, in Ethiopia right now. And I, I feel like it's a great, it's a great field. And um, I, I believe it's a burden uh, that we have in our church. Also, you, one you have in your church, I, no one talking with Brother Andrew. No, Brother Andrew Dodd, that's your son, is a young man, but he's uh, he's now 30 years old. and uh, But he has a, a very good connection with some of the younger brothers there. And, and he has a burden for it. And uh, we've been talking about how to send some surplus books we have here, how to add books how to go in and minister. And, and we are actively looking to go back in into that country. And, uh, but well, it, 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 it's, it is a parallel to what I've seen in, mm-hmm. in other countries. And, and it's maybe the season that God is looking to work. And when God opens a door, you want to walk through it right. and you want to make much of it. And I, I believe that's, um, that, that seems to be the way it's opening there right now. I'm glad to hear you say that because I've often thought, because I wasn't involved in mission work in the early years in in Africa, and I've often thought this must have been what it was like in the early years of Uganda or Malawi or some of these countries when the message first started to spread. And so I'm glad to hear you say that. You were there in those countries, and, and sure enough, it is very much what we're seeing in Ethiopia at this time. Yeah. Amen. Any other works coming up well there are there are some some uh we we are in contact with with other brothers we're also supporting different brothers that um are going into um different countries um whether uh you know there's there's other countries in africa where we Mm -hmm. are in contact with brethren and uh in in west africa and east africa you know there we we are in a season Brother Tim, where it, it maybe isn't like it was in the early 80s, where mm-hmm. uh, it required brethren to always be coming from overseas. We're seeing brethren raise up in these countries that are seasoned, that right. are able to evangelize in the countries and right. are able to provide stability. And and yet we all benefit you know, from mm-hmm interaction with the body mm-hmm. around the world. So we sometimes just support brethren that are in things. We you know not just in Africa, we've been, um, you know, helping some brethren go into uh, some of the countries in, in the Middle East, um, mm-hmm. you know, that are a little bit more dangerous, um, you know, Egypt, uh, mm-hmm. or the Jason DeMars, we've, we're, he, he's got a burden to go there. There's countries in Turkey and some of those areas. 
Um, so we, we really do want to be supportive. Uh, we have a local brother here who came from Guatemala mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, he had a burden to go there. And over the last seven years, our church has taken brethren in our church and also from Saskatoon Tabernacle in Saskatchewan have gone into Guatemala and worked with brethren in that country, um, helping establish the ministry, uh, helping the word. Now, they've had the gospel in, in form there, but that's that's another part of where we are right now. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're always looking to see where God leads us, and there are some things we have in prayer. Right. Um, you know, so now that, if, that's if, a little bit of a broad spectrum. But, but if people uh, wanted to support any of the work you're doing, um, what's your website? Um, so it's etmtab.com. Okay. So etmtab.com. You know, sometimes and, with different works that different churches are doing and some are more missions oriented and some less, but, um, you know, we don't ever think that Bible believers is the only one doing mission work around the world. And so we certainly, yeah. if somebody hears something from you and they say, Hey, I want to, I want to get behind that. And, and, you know, that's a burden that I have, then they can, you know, we don't tell them they have to come to us. They can go direct to you and etmtab.com and uh, that etm as an end time message. That's, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. And dot com C O M. So that's, that's that's your now when you deal with and that all of that led up to a question that I want to ask you when you you get requests and I'm sure you get a lot of requests from overseas you know please help us here please help us there how are you guided in those things oh that that's a difficult question brother Tim <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's I asked you because I know that you would be able to give it the right kind of words yeah, I, I will say number one by prayer. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that that's a big part of of where I'm coming from. Let let, let, let me say it's it's prayer. It, it also takes some wisdom, mm -hmm. and I will say wisdom in part that uh, I've benefited from. You've benefited from from some of the elders that have gone before us. Mm -hmm. um, it also. If I, if I can say it this way, nothing replaces being on the ground. Nothing replaces being in the country, right. being with the brethren, being in contact. Now, we can't do that all the time, but we do need to be there to really understand sometimes the situations within the country. Uh, because sometimes the loudest voice coming out of the country is not the most needy voice, if I can say it that way. Sure. And yeah. and it 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 can be part of the mentality of the Western world versus some of these where the West is looked on as as having means mm -hmm. to help and to assist. And and yes, if we do, we 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 need to be faithful, but we also need to be good stewards of that. And so it, it does take um, God's leading. Uh, I find what has helped us here over the years is to have faithful men that we've met in countries who um, can 
give you a little bit of insight if you cannot be on the ground. And uh, the the principles we we try to use is, you know, according to, you know, Mark 16, go out and preach the gospel. Our, our greatest desire is, and, and work that we work in is to spread the gospel, mm-hmm. whether that be by ministering, um, whether that be by supplying uh, books or tapes in translated languages, those will take the highest priority for us. And that, again, by prayer. Then secondly, there, there is also the needs that, that come with local areas, sometimes buildings, sometimes churches, and, and, and that, that will be a secondary need, but, but we take that step by step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then lastly, there's, there's always humanitarian needs. And, uh, mm-hmm. But we, I, I would just say it, it is a combination of things. Number one, prayer. Number two, uh, being aware, being, having wisdom and experience. Uh, as, as a young man, let me just share this with you, Brother Tim. I was a young man and I traveled overseas. And mm-hmm. at that time, I, 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 if, I, if somebody had a need, I'd, I'd help them. And there was a young man in a village one time had a need. He wanted something. And I thought, well, I just, I'm going to give him 20 US dollars back in 1980. Mm. Well, that was the equivalent of giving somebody, you know, a thousand dollars in today's days. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't realize that that wasn't probably prudent and, but came to realize it after. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, we, we want to leave room where, where God can grow and God can be the one that meets the need and, and that we're a tool in the hand of God, that we don't become the source that somebody is looking to continually, that rather the the principle of looking to God on the part of those that, that come to you for assistance is first and foremost, and that that God meets their needs and whether we're the tool or the channel to do so. So it, it is a it is let, a let difficult. Me, let me interrupt question. you there. Say that again. Say that again. That's important. Well, a that that an individual coming is looking to God for their need, and that they're not looking to us, but rather seeing God meet their need maybe through us. Right. Might might be the way. But I I, I believe we we can. We, we don't want to become, over the years, uh, we don't want to become reliant on just someone else. We, we want to see God as the all in all. I think that's that key. He, Isn't it just where, where you, you want these people that are needy? And as I said last week, the poor you have always with you, Jesus said. And yeah. the, the needy must see themselves as going to God for their needs. You know, whether they, you know, I think you'll agree that there's always more requests for help than there is the ability to help. And if God yeah. doesn't meet their needs, whether it be through us, or whether it be through Bible believers, end time message, tabernacle, somebody else, God opens a door and, and, and somebody is moved in their heart to help a need. Uh, you know, that's, that's wonderful. But ultimately, they have to see it as God helping them. Agreed. Yeah, I agree, Brother Tim. 
Well, that's wonderful, Brother Ed. It's, it's uh, you know, there's so many things that you've said here that are just keys. And I, I hope, well, I believe that it'll help our our listeners as they hear some of the, we'll call it backstories or some of the behind the scenes things that are involved in missions. Often we're just talking about people getting saved, people getting baptized. So many books are printed, you know, a church is built, uh, this need is met, that needs met. There's so many things that we deal with on a surface level, but there's a lot that goes behind that. As you talk about prayer, wisdom, experience, uh, looking to the Lord, instructing them, uh, helping to establish people in the word. Ultimately, it still, to me, fits in those two categories. Find the bride and clothe the bride. If you're doing those two things, you know, that's getting ready for the rapture. Yeah. Agreed, Brother Tim. That's that's a very good context. Uh, you know, to simplify it into simple words, that's a very good way to put it. I, I try to simplify things into just a sing, single sentence or so. Uh, yes, we've learned to... that. We've learned that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Brother Ed, and 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 uh, by way of uh, sharing with the people, you and I have been friends going back to the 80s, I would say, but we've never traveled in ministry together, have we? Have we ever ministered anywhere together? I don't believe so, no. That's an amazing thing, and... Uh, uh, like you said, I was once a pastor. I was pastor for 27 years, and you were ministering and traveling and doing different things. And then the Lord had me to shift gears in my life, and and now the Lord has had you shift gears in your life. And uh, God bless you for taking up the role of pastor there in End Time Message Tabernacle. A pastor is a multifaceted, uh, non-glorious position. Uh it's the ox of the team and uh, bear the burden bearer. And there's many aspects of the church, doesn't matter whether it's small or large or medium-sized or whatever, that just, it's a great burden to fulfill as a pastor. And so God bless you, Brother Ed, for doing what you do and not just as pastoring, but in helping to instruct and mentor all of those ministers that you have around you there, including my son, and point them in a direction that will benefit the body of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for being with us, Brother Ed. Thank you, Brother Tim. I, you know, I feel maybe um, simple, simple in my thoughts, but uh, I feel it's from the heart. And uh, God bless you also for your labors and appreciate the friendship, appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, God bless you as well. Thank you. Well, this has been the end time the end time, I was going to say the end time message podcast because we're talking to end time message tabernacle, but this has been the uh, believers faith challenge podcast. And thank you all for being with us. And I know that it will be a great blessing to you as you listen to these points from our dear brother, Ed Hammermeister and the experience and labor of missions through end time message tabernacle. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. Shalom. Well, we have now come to the conclusion of this two-part episode on end-time mission principles. We would like to thank Brother Ed Hammermeister for connecting with us and sharing his experience with respect to missions. Trust that you are not only blessed, but also inspired to continue to support all efforts that go into not only finding the bride, but also equipping her with the garment of the message of her day. And one last thing before we go, I would like to remind you 
that we were planning on doing a Q&A episode on missions in general, as Brother Tim announced last week. And if you have any questions in general with respect to missions, please send an email to missions at bibleway.org. That's missions at bibleway.org. And we will be answering your question on the upcoming episode. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This was another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in more podcasts and more content as it pertains to mission, please go to our website at BibleWay.org. That's BibleWay.org and subscribe to our newsletter. We will make sure that we send you updates on a weekly basis of the works that the Lord is doing all over the world. Additionally, you can send us an email at info at Bible-Believers.org. That's info at Bible-Believers.org. And once again, we'd like to thank you for your support. This podcast would not be a success without you. Until next time, may God bless you.